Hey there, welcome to another interview. Today I'm talking to Bjorn Andreas Bolhansen, a Norwegian best-selling novelist, a blogger, YouTuber, and a former powerlifting champion. We're going to be talking about how small businesses can deal with the COVID-19 crisis and also have a look at how the Vikings structured their society in a way that allowed for a high degree of freedom and also helped them to deal with crisis better. So sit back and enjoy the interview. So Björn, uh, thanks again for uh, for getting on this call. Um, we uh, are in the lockdown right now. How is it on your end? You're in Norway. Are you? Uh, is it lockdown no. or is everything lifted? No, the lockdown has ended and it's been uh, been a while actually. So everything is. Most things are back to normal. There are some limitations still that affects uh, some people, but uh, but it's. For me, it's it's back to normal, and for most people as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you um, uh, in some of your videos, you talk about the second wave, um, yes, and the the period in between the first and the second one. So uh, we are now in the uh, lifting of the uh, of the lockdown measures. Do you right now have any idea of when you think the second wave will come? Well, what I did in my YouTube video, that, that the YouTube video that, that I think you are referring to, yeah. is uh, was that I, I redefined the second wave and I said that the second wave will not be about any virus. It will be about civil unrest. Um, and um, just, uh, I can't remember, but uh, just a few days after that, I, I, I uploaded that video then we had um, the civil unrest starting uh, with the riots in the USA. Right. Mm. So so basically, uh, you think it already happened? Uh, well, this- I kind of de- redefined the second wave, but um, another, a different question would be if we will have a second wave of the, um, of a, uh, a pandemic of, of the virus uh, that's a totally different question. But um, my point, the point that I was trying to make was that we are hit by and affected by the civil unrest um, as well. Yeah. And um, hold on. Uh, I just saw something outside the window and I have to, we have to do it again. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, can I just leave everything here? Sure. I hope we're not live, are we? No, no, no. That is fine. No. no. Hold on. No worries. Hold on. Uh, give me two minutes and I'll be back. Okay. Take it easy. I'm really sorry. Um, no worries. We have a dog that uh, he has a cut on his foot. And uh, I've been trying to say to the other members of the family that they can't just let him out in the garden because the wound will uh, not grow if he uh, runs around like he yeah. wants to so for a few days now. And that, that was what I spotted out the window here, that they let him out, which they okay. cannot do. I am really sorry about that. No um, problem. Uh, I said don't edit, but... Um, if you want to, we can just you can just make a cut there, or we can take start over again. It's up to you. 
Right. Well, maybe I can cut right after you get off the chair, and then when you get back, then people understand yeah. okay. like why why okay. it got cut. Um, so, so, so what do you think will happen over the next few months? And um, and and maybe you can also describe a little bit about how you uh, come to that conclusion. Well, I I'm still thinking and trying to figure out what's going to happen. Well, we. You know, it's it's not a big mystery that uh, the election in the USA will have a large effect on almost everything. Uh, but I'm not sure, actually. It, you know, it's like if if Trump wins, uh, there will be riots. Uh, if he loses, um, that's that's what I don't. I haven't really figured out yet what I think will happen if he loses. Um, but uh, when it comes to the virus, I'm actually a lot more worried uh, about uh, the, uh, the the so-called new normal, which is kind of training people or training the populations to be obedient. Now, other YouTubers, and, and, and I've talked about this in length, uh, I'm just going to say that um it is dangerous what what's what's happening now is it's a dangerous development because what the governments are basically saying uh not all governments but but many gov- governments are saying is that we need to do this and that because the virus we can't have the pandemic again and everything justifies that in a way uh, in their view so you can get a society into a very nasty place uh, if you follow that logic, and that's 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 what right. I'm yeah. seeing now. And, and well, I, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but um, I guess what's uh, one big question is like who who is exactly the government? If you talk about different countries and what their motives would be, how do you see the? Do you think it's it's I didn't. Um, I didn't get that question because oh, of the connections. Uh, I think. Could yeah, I'm curious. What is that? your view on what kind of entity is behind uh, this, and is it a deliberate attempt to get to a certain outcome, um, or is it something that happens uh, based on different entities doing different things, or do you believe there's one? Well. Well, I, I no, I don't think that there are some uh, powerful people meeting in uh, in a dark room, uh, plotting against the population. Uh, I don't think it's like that. I think it's a lot simpler than that. I think it's basically uh, human nature and greed that we're seeing now. We're seeing the same happening now as has been happening in every crisis there are people who who try to take advantage of that and make money and gain power and i do think that if you look at um you know the the gates foundation is one obvious example of where greed uh, is basically uh, a motivation, uh, while um, 
they are trying to portray it as uh, what's, what's philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look as an economist, if you look into the numbers, it doesn't look nice. You know, it's it's not it's not philanthropy, and I think it's it's very naive to think uh, to, to believe that. But most people seem to to actually believe that, and that's just one example. Um, we recently had uh, the tracking device, now, the tracking app. The tracking app uh, here in Norway was it was pushed on the population by the government. I made a video about that as well, and I said, don't download that app because it's it's an infringement on your privacy. Yeah. In and, and people, some critical voices said that, well, you already have Google, you already have YouTube, and they, no, not YouTube, you already have Facebook, and sorry, and, and they are tracking you, yeah. But it's a bit different. There are different mechanisms there. So the... Um, Norwegian government was was actually forced to withdraw that app and to take down that app now recently in Norway um, by the um, there's a, um, a um, uh, an organization that monitors uh, privacy right. or you know that, that a, a separate organization that says well you can't do this you can't do that and they're their mission is to make sure that uh, we keep our privacy. Uh, I, I don't know what, what they're called in English, but they are well known in, in Norway. And, and I think that we you have uh, similar in, in most other civilized countries. But the point is, they said that we do not approve this. The app, we, we don't approve this because it's an infringement on your privacy. And uh, the government actually had to take down the, the whole app. Right. Um, they were not happy about that. Uh, I, I, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too yeah. much data collection, right? It, it is. And um, also there's this naivety that people, some people seem to have. Uh, because the government, they said, we will not share this data. Well, well, why would anyone trust that? Because we've had several scandals in Norway, and I, I'm sure in, in other countries as well, where uh, similar data have been shared uh, by accident sometimes, so hopefully by accident, by the government. Um, like hospital records and, and stuff has been shared and has been stolen, and um, it's why would we trust the, the government now on that? I don't, and I think it's very naive to, to do right. that. It's actually more, it's, it's less naive, uh, it's less naive to, to trust Facebook, actually, <laughs> because when you have Facebook, there's a lot of money involved, and they will sell your data uh, to the highest yeah. bidder. And there's a minimum price there as well. So and more transparent, you <laughs> at say. At least you have yeah. that. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, obviously, a lot of small companies, they are um, uh, suffering from the economic uh, results of the crisis. Um, and of course, there's also bigger companies that have problems with it or, or that even go bankrupt. But uh, I, I guess, generally speaking, you can say that small companies 
have uh, less access to capital and less resources to keep their head afloat and to survive. So they're more likely to uh, go out of business. Um, and some people, yeah, really believe that it's kind of a shake shake off of, of smaller businesses and it will be a, a kind of an acceleration of a movement that has already been going on for many for hundreds of years of course from a lot of small companies to a few very big uh, corporations mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts on that and and what do you think small companies can do to um, to keep their freedom basically and, and and move forward I don't think it was planned I don't think that big business big corporate businesses that they big corporations they planned to do this but i think that at least when this happened they saw the opportunity to take uh, a larger share of the market um so obviously why wouldn't they i mean that's that's how they operate that's how every business operates um and it seems to me, because I've spoken with a few owners of smaller businesses here in, in, in Norway, and um, it seems like they got they didn't get a good deal when it comes to the support from uh, financial support from from the state. Uh, it seems like uh, it seems like the, if you get big enough it's like then then you're too big to fail and it it it's too expensive to let you fail uh, yeah. because if you have a very large corporations and it goes bankrupt you will lose a lot of uh, you know lots of people will be unemployed so that's what's what seems to be happening so they get a lot of money to to survive while the record shop the you know the LP is that what it's called right? um, yeah the old-fashioned uh, rec- uh, music records um, in the low the low there's there's one of those uh, small shops uh, over in in the town here and uh, I think he got almost nothing or nothing and the hairdresser next to him got one thousand kroner that's uh, uh, um, Two hundred dollars, ninety pounds, oh, 90, ninety yeah. English pounds as compensation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, <laughs> won't get it very far. I uh, Norway is also a very expensive country uh, in general, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and wh- what do you think they can do? Like, uh, uh, yeah, small businesses, uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. Well, I think that um, you have to use the only advantage that you have as a small business, and that's flexibility. You have to adapt. You have to change and adapt. Um, and I'll give you one example of someone, or one kind of small business where they seem to have changed and adapt very quickly, and that's the um, uh, art, music artists. Uh, they couldn't obviously have any concerts, so they lost all of those money and they started doing it on, uh, they started going online and asking for donations, basically like any other social media 
personality, right? So mm-hmm. when you're on YouTube, you know, you you can get some some uh, donations uh, right. if people think what you're doing is worth it. So, um, yeah, we have to. Well, I I I didn't. I'm okay. I didn't feel any. I didn't lose any money, but uh, I know that many other authors, uh, they uh, most other authors, they have relied on uh, getting some income from uh, holding um, lectures and reading from the novels in cafes and libraries and stuff, and all that was cancelled. So they've had uh, a hard time. I know they've had a really hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of. Uh struggle and and and, uh hopefully they will be able to make it out of that um yeah yeah hopefully what what does if if you look at these kind of freedoms being taken away from people maybe not intentionally but as a result of what is happening um what what does freedom mean to you as a concept everything everything uh you know freedom is worth more to some people than to others um, because we are different. Um, My whole existence is based on that I have to be free. It is very, very important and it has always been like that. Um, I don't know why, but it's... it's, uh, I don't do anything that will uh, take away any of my freedom. Well, you could say I, <laughs> I have a family and a house, and but that's because I want to, you know. Right. Um, but I would never, I would never. I, I'm 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 a bit worried because I I know I could never exist in in a world where basic freedoms have been taken away. Uh, so. To me, this is very important. Yeah. Do you think this is something that is a, a um, maybe more prevalent thing in uh, developed societies or richer countries where you maybe your basic needs have been satisfied so you don't need to worry about fee- like eating tonight or having a roof over your head? Obviously. Um, or yes. is it more? Do you, yeah. Right. Hmm. Um I was wondering maybe what we can learn from the, because you are also a Viking historian, I can say, and of, and obviously a successful uh, and best-selling novelist. Um, but what we can learn from the Vikings in this kind of situation, um, what would you say what we can learn from the Viking mentality when it comes to dealing with a crisis yeah. such as the one that, that we are in right yeah, now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, if we go back 1,000 years, uh, and uh, well, you know, back to the even to the to the to the to the start of the Viking Age, and and you, it's it's easy to see that these people they were under a lot of pressure, um, for different reasons. But it's uh, now I'm I'm <laughs> I'll try to make it short uh, I, because I can talk about this for a long time. But they right. were facing um, a world where that was changing. It, they would, and basically the same 
taking away of your freedoms that we are seeing now in a way because you had um in scandinavia and uh, especially in what is now norway you had local uh, dare i say democracies uh mm -hmm. through the viking age right and now I'm, i'm simplifying this now but but the viking age ended when you had kings christian kings who took control and centralized power so we went actually from having um every free man had a say you know um in the local democracies and it's i i believe and many other people as well believe that they had more freedom uh before uh, during the viking age than when at after the viking age because what happened was that uh, the power was centralized um and the local the power was taken away from the local democracies so you would have taxation you would have uh, a lot of duties on every free man but it didn't really have any say any longer and we had we have to go forwards to magna carta uh in england um i believe brought there by the normans who are who are descendants by the, by the vikings by the way yeah. um to see a society where the king was not the king after magna carta the king couldn't just do whatever he wanted he couldn't just point in principle at least he couldn't just point at someone and have him killed just for no reason just because he didn't fancy his hairstyle you know <laughs> yeah. um and uh, again it's i'm simplifying this but it's it's easy to see a trend where we went from uh a brutal society you know but at least you had personal freedom and we went from that to uh the viking age ending and power being centralized under a king and that society was equally brutal um and yeah so so we're seeing parallels very clear parallels i believe to today's um western world uh europe and and uh and north america at least and uh people adapt you know we have to yeah so we will have to adapt to this as well i think we shouldn't give up without a fight now not talking fight in a literal sense not talking about uh, guns and violence at all i'm just saying that we shouldn't just accept things now we should question everything this is yeah. time to be critical right do you have any thoughts on what would be a good model where because it's the chance is small that we're gonna break countries up in smaller pieces or decentralize a lot of that power but how can we keep a bigger nation or or collective and at the same time redistribute the uh the the power or the the freedom to a more local level uh, a that's big, a very big, difficult big question, but... question now as a norwegian uh, i do not support the eu 
And Norway is not part of the EU and has never been, and uh, I think never will be. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's kind of difficult for me to imagine what it would be like to be under or be uh, under the EU right now. I think it wouldn't be so nice. Um, it was a lot easier, for example, to just close the borders. They just did, you know, when the, the Corona crisis started, they just closed the borders. Yeah. Uh, I think they did that in, in other countries as well. But we, uh, well, honestly, I don't know. I don't know when every every country closed their borders, maybe. But at, at least we have more autonomy in Norway than in, in the countries that are members of the EU. Yeah. Now, yeah, and I, you know, I don't, I don't like these politicians who do not understand that they are servants of the people. Um, for instance, I was at the Viking festival and the Norwegian prime minister, she, she came there to visit. So that was before the, the last, uh, election so she was uh, touring the country mm-hmm. and and then uh, you know she had the police there and the police went around in the camp and looked at everyone there with their guns in the in their belt and uh, I didn't like that you know no. I, no. because I was there to enjoy my, myself I didn't ask for the Norwegian prime minister to come and visit I I I don't like her, you know, and but that's that's beside the point. I was there and I felt like just because she was visiting for ten minutes, uh, we had to be uh, scowled at by these uh, policemen with their guns. Um, I do not like that. I do not appreciate that, and we need to move away from a society like that. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of just insert something here that, because it's relevant. When it comes to what's happening with the riots and the Black Lives Matter and all that in the USA, um, I do not support the organization Black Lives Matter because I think it's a Marxist organization and it's, uh, it's not healthy for anyone. But I do not support the way that police brutality has been developing in in uh, in the USA. I don't live there obviously, but from what I've seen I think it, uh, I think it's quite colorblind, but I think it's uh, they they wield their power uh, in a very it's it's authoritarian way. Yeah. And I think that's that's at least part of the reason why so many people are upset. It's a pity that they have mixed the race thing into that whole thing, because I don't think it's a race problem. It's a, it's a police culture problem, but, um, a police state is we, we need to do what we can so that we don't get a police state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always think the uh, the whole gun culture is a big factor in there because like you don't need to be so aggressive and proactive as police if if not everybody has guns everywhere. But I don't yeah. know. Uh, I honestly can't. Say, I 
It's one of those questions. I, I can't say I, I agree with you there. I, I really can't because I've heard arguments and I've seen statistics that don't support uh, anti-gun rhetoric. I'm not saying you, that was anti-gun rhetoric, but but it's it's one of I guess it's one of those things where I just have to say that I do not know enough about yeah. that to have, have a right, right. A, a, an opinion. <laughs> Because it's, I think yeah. it's complex. It's definitely uh, there's so much going on. It's hard to really uh, uh, pinpoint what's the what's the problem. Um, if we take a little bit step back to the Vikings again, um, you you have a background in economics also, yeah. um, and we briefly talked about yes. the um, like how, how um, different nations might be working together and how it used to be more localized uh, in in the old days. Um, what did the Viking economy look like? Uh, and um, because I guess, I'll... sorry, I lost it there a little bit. I lost. Well, there a little my bit. question is: uh, I think a lot of people have the image of Vikings just uh, plundering through Europe on ships and burning cities, uh, and that as a way of collecting uh, goods or, or uh, wealth. Maybe you should say, but maybe um, what would be interesting to know is. What did the Viking economy uh, look like? And um, was it also because they were very uh, people that were traveling uh, compared to many other nations? Uh, was it also a very interconnected world and interconnected economy um, like we have today? And maybe there's something that we can learn uh, from that because obviously now there have been a lot of problems with the crisis because the world is so globalized and interconnected. Uh, and and uh, you know we couldn't get uh, mouth uh, masks and things like that, uh, so there were a lot of problems because of that. Yeah, I lost a little bit of your question there, but I, I think I, I know what what to, to say anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, we need to understand that the um, Vikings or Norsemen's world was vast. You know, they were not in any way isolated and they were among the or maybe deep people that uh, traveled furthest and had dealings with you know they had dealings with uh, North America Africa, uh, the Middle East um, so they were kind of they were everywhere and they were a very very influential culture during those hundreds of years that we're talking about here. They also kept their culture. Um, and that's a, an important lesson to learn. I think they brought back goods and, and influences from abroad, but they kept their culture. They're very distinct Norse culture, or I should say maybe cultures because it was kind of a little bit different at, for instance, in the east of Sweden and the, and, the, and the west of Norway, for instance. But um, right. um, they were not allowing themselves to be swallowed up by other cultures. They were very proud of who they were, most likely. And... Um, there's some. There's a lesson to be learned there. Uh, I think was one of their the reasons why they were so influential was that they were proud 
of being Norse, and they brought Norse culture to wherever they went. And uh, it's it was a different time, of course. But and by the way, uh, that image of the the, the Norse as uh, plunderers only that was that's I, I know many people think about them like that that that's not that's not correct um, we need to understand that um, not every Norseman was uh, the same as the Norseman next to him you know uh, they were right. different different people uh, as we are today so you would have people who out of greed or out of um, necessity sometimes, out of uh, of duty sometimes, went and and, uh, plundered. And uh, you would have had people who went trading. Uh, Some went to, because they had, uh, they were basically married off to a family uh, in, for instance, uh, in the Hebrides, you know, um, the North Sea, as an as a Norwegian, you know, I, I I view the North Sea as the center of the world in a way, and it was for the for the Vikings, uh, at least uh, yeah. the Western Vikings. Um, so they were kind of global, globally oriented in a way, but they kept their distinct culture, and that's the big difference. Um, some people say that we need to quit globalism and as an ideology yes i agree but you know i like traveling um <laughs> if i can travel as a norwegian if i if we can keep norway as a sovereign nation i have no problems with um dealing with people from other cultures obviously it's uh <laughs> right yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What if you uh, look at the height of of a Viking of the Viking era, let's say when it was most uh, most flourishing? Uh, what nation that we have today do you think we could compare it with? Uh, like, would it be the United States because it was a very um, military yeah. strong power? Yeah. Well, that would be the Danes, but um, at the end of the Viking Age, and, and that would be the Danes and. Um, it's uh, it's a little bit difficult to compare it because you would have at the same time other cultures that were you know very influential but there were no interaction between those so um if you look at the world around the atlantic uh so europe and um uh you know Europe, the British islands and uh, greenland and north america even and uh and the, 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 the tip of um and, and mediterranean that you know that i'm i'm that that part of the world right our part of the world uh the danes were a superpower and uh, they you know they in, in <laughs> they in, invaded uh england even they took england uh, you know and um it they were so effective at what they were doing that uh, as as a strategy uh, uh the second he he paid them off um and there's a because he said well 
I can't remember the, the amount now, but it was a fortune, you know, and he paid them, uh, was it 40,000 pounds at some point? Yeah, he did that several times, several seasons, because they would, uh, uh, it's numbers, I can't remember the exact amount, but that, that's beside the point. It's, it was a fortune. And it emboldened them. So they came back, of course, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For more. Yeah. Um, perhaps my concluding question, uh, we talked about different things a little bit. Um, but I'm curious, what, what do you think the world will look like in 10 years from now? And, and what are your, on one hand, your biggest fears? And at the same time, your biggest hopes uh, for what things will turn out like? Ten years? Yeah, something like that. Well, um, I'm actually, I'm actually quite worried about mental health of young people, and that has to do with their addiction to to. Uh, uh, smartphones um, and now that we have this idea that it's okay to track people because of this virus then no one is saying anymore that well put the smartphone down it's not good for you now people are saying well you need to keep your smartphone in your pocket in your hand at all times and I think that will have a devastating effect on the mental health uh, of especially young people. Um, ten years from now, so that that's uh, I worry about that, and also I worry about the virus, the coronavirus, or I should say, the viruses being used as a means for that unholy alliance of uh, the big corporations and some big corporations and governments to to control people it's as an economist i can say that it's why wouldn't they there is money to be made and we're not talking about only commercials directed to that's that that's very naive to think it's about that um, you know, uh, targeted commercial, targeted ads. It, it's not about that. It's uh, it's about making you a product. It's a, that's one part of it. That you know, you are a data collecting machine for these people, for these corporations. Um, that's a bit scary, and also you become part of. You become a what's it called a cog in the the, the whole machine yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and isn't that enough to say stop i mean we need to stop this and well uh when it comes to the whole if if we go back to small business because that's very interesting um i think small business will is a healthier way to make business than uh, having to do with these large corporations all the time. So 
I fear that there will be less small businesses in 10 years from now, a lot less. And um, that's not good. But it's very hard to predict what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we could have, you know, uh, another or several others pandemics, like real pandemics, that could happen, you know. Um, and uh, then uh, what's the expression? Then all bets are off, you know. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen yeah, then? Yeah. People panicked in in a matter of hours when this uh, thing hit us now. So uh, I think, and I've said this before, we should all try to prepare, you know, in, you know, keep food for two weeks at least and keep uh, you know some kind of purifying water uh where you live and and uh, try to be prepared um the best you can talk with your family and uh, about what are we going to do if this happens again you know yeah right hmm. yeah that that's good advice uh i think people can also find out a lot more about that uh, on your channel as you've you've spoken about that uh, quite extensively um, for for those might be people uh, that, that are not following you yet i'll also put a, a link to your channel in the description to this video um yeah i want to f thank you a lot for uh, your time and and for sharing your well, thanks thoughts for having me. yeah welcome i'm very happy with that um and um yeah good luck during these times i hope uh, uh some of the things that you uh, that you that you talk about are going to come through the good things and let's hope uh, some other things will, uh, will will surprise us let's say in the future um, yes. and otherwise people just need to prepare and we we should all stay positive even you know when it's it looks uh, dark that's when we need to stay positive definitely yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well Bjorn uh, thank you very much for the for the talk well thank you